This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shut up and sit down. Penguins lose back-to-back games to the Flyers. That's not good. It's especially not good when it's happening in line with a power play that's flat-out awful. We'll talk about all that and more with Brian Metzer, the Pittsburgh Penguins radio network right now. Mets joins me once a week for our hockey podcast here at Trib Live on the Fans First Network. Mets can be heard on 105.9 The X, the flagship station for Pittsburgh Penguins hockey during intermissions, post-game, Pens Live Weekly on Saturday. Mets, Alex Nedeljkovic almost went down in the history books for Penguins goalies for that performance against the Flyers last night, a 2-1 loss in overtime. Not only did he sparkle in route to at least getting the Pens a point, but also, he was, uh, I think, notable for being the Penguins' best guy on the power play yesterday. <laughs> he was their best power play performer, Tim. Uh, he had to stop Travis Konechny no less than three times over a couple power plays earlier in the game. Um, just the, the chances that the Flyers were getting were just mind-blowing on the Penguins' power play. And the new-look number one unit looked worse than the old new look number one unit. And and that's terrible because you get Chris Letang back onto the uh, situation and they still couldn't even break into the zone. That's one of the biggest problems that we're seeing here is you can't even see how the power play itself will perform because it barely even gets zone entry. What should they do differently in that regard? What should they do to help their zone entry and what is the problem now? Uh, We were talking about this last night on the broadcast, Borky and I, during his segment. And one suggestion might be to not dump and chase so much, but to dump and retrieve a little bit. So just kind of knock it down the wall, not even the full way in, but at least get it into the zone, get in there, make a hit, pick up the puck, and allow your guys some time to set up. And then from there, shoot the puck with a little bit of traffic in front. And I know we've been beating that dead horse all season you and I talked I think in the opening weeks of the year about the fact that a net front presence should be there get some traffic you'd cause a little bit more chaos and things might go your direction 
But something has definitely got to give with the power play because more than looking at the attempts without a goal now, because that to me is is nonsense to even say that because people are just going back to the last game in which they scored, which was back on November 4th. For me, you have to look at the full picture, Tim, that they've scored a power play goal and just, um, I'm sorry, they scored on the on the 11th was the last goal. They went one for three in that game, haven't scored again since. But four games out of 24 this season with a power play goal, completely unacceptable. More than any attempts, more than chances you've had, more than looking at, oh, well, they can't get that many opportunities in games, which is sometimes accurate because they, they have been probably in terms of attempts, probably looking at one of the lowest attempts to this point in the season that they've had in the Sidney Crosby era. But four games out of 24 with a goal is completely unacceptable. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. The thing with the net front presence issue is that they're just not going to get anybody to fill that job. There's no one that exists that they can go out there and get on the trade market. I think that is pretty clear. And the hope that Jake Gensel's darting and dotting in and out will supplement, I think, is... A foregone conclusion at this point is not going to happen. I mean, do they just kind of cast somebody in that role who we might not think is worthy of being on the first unit or even the second unit, like a Carter or, uh, I don't know, Zahorna, just make one of those guys have that be their job? You just took the two names out of my brain that I would have thrown at you. Jeff Carter, because he still has some hands in tight, redeems Zahorna just because of his size. He could do something there. But here's a novel idea. You know who else is a big body that we really haven't seen a whole lot of getting this opportunity? Drew O'Connor. I mean, he's a big kid. Just park him in front of the net. But I think this group of Penguins, they seem to be, and and this will come across wrong to maybe some of our listeners here, but they seem to be afraid of getting hit with a shot. You always see them do the little uh, ostrich move, or not the ostrich, the flamingo, bring up the leg, get it out of the way, jump out of the way, wait for a rebound. You can't just park off to the side. Sometimes the puck has to hit you to create what you need to happen with the net front traffic. Um, is, is big Steve McKenna still floating around? Can we get him? <laughs> and you remember when he came in and he was a, a force on the power play back in that year before the lockout? Well, force might be a strong word, but I do remember it, yes. <laughs> well, you couldn't help but remember it, Tim. You and I had to, like, part clouds to see the guy's head. <laughs> so, Mets, how about Nadelkovic last night? We talked about the saves that he made on his own power play, but... There were some other doozies, and, and boy, was he good against Philadelphia uh, to at least get them to overtime. My gosh, yeah, he was just so darn good in the game. Uh, and you know what? He's really given them something in, in terms of having a backup here that can go out and win some games. And I would like to see him not necessarily be you know thrust into a number one role because Tristan Jari has really kind of turned a corner and looked a lot better than he was at one point, just 500 on the season. But Nadelkovich, maybe he's the kind of goalie that you get him started into the mix every, you know, third or fourth game now. Don't just wait for those back-to-backs or situations where um, where you really need to thrust your backup in. Maybe you can use him once a week, something along those lines. Because, yes, he's just 500 as well, but a 2.18 goals against, a 9.37 save percentage. Came close to another uh, goose egg last night for the team. I thought that um, he really looked like he was locked in in such a way that every puck that was around him, even when he was down and out a little bit, he'd get an active stick to knock it away. He was tracking rebounds well. He was finding all those pucks in his feet very well. And the saves he made on some of the, the breakaways that Konechny had shorthanded, 
those were eye popping for me. And then the times when he had to face an odd man rush, sadly, he got burned on the last one in overtime, but he made a save on connecting again in OT off of a Sid turnover just moments before that, which just really made you feel like it was going to be enough to help the Penguins win the game and get the extra point. Sadly, it wasn't, but he, he stopped almost every odd man rush he had to face. And I, I felt bad if you, you know, people got to hear him post game. He said, oh, you know, I, I you know, I maybe let up a, a bad goal there on the one I allowed and I, I need to be better. Well, guy, you, you should be able to be assisted past one goal allowed when you look at the high flying Pittsburgh Penguins offense. You're not going to be able to put a shut up out every night. And for him to just let up one goal and lose, it's heartbreaking. They're not going to make the playoffs, are they? At this rate, Tim, it's hard to envision it. Now, the only thing that works in their favor is the fact that when you look up and down at the standings, you know, wild card, you know, and beyond, they're just two points out of the mix. So everybody, you know, there's some other teams that are struggling a bit. Uh, They're only three points out of third in their division because the division is not necessarily running away either. But it's starting to be a little bit tenuous because you still look at it as a spot where you maybe need to get the 96 points to make a playoff spot. And the Penguins currently playing at a 521 pace have just 25 points in 24 games. Figured it out last night to get to 96. They've got to play at about a 612 pace the rest of the season, which is where they were after the ugly start in October. And they kind of chipped away at it and got it down to a, a 590, etc. Well, they're back to 612 to get 96 points to make the playoffs. So when you look at it that way, they might just be what they are right now, a 500 team that's going to be clawing and scratching to get themselves into the conversation down the stretch. One thing that is worth noting is we haven't yet seen that one winning streak that they always seem to put together around December into the beginning of January, which could still be in the offing here where they rip off nine of 12 or something like that. And that will boost them up maybe enough to kind of keep them afloat and help their chances. But for me, looking at them now, Tim, they're in a really ugly situation in terms of being a playoff contender with the teams that are going to be around them and that they're going to have to leap over. At least they're going to Tampa Bay. That's always been good news. That should be an easy one, right? I mean, well, <laughs> but of late, they're always good down there, you know? They are. They are. And uh, just you know, they were outstanding against them just the other night when they had a chance to play them. And uh, the, only, the only thing you don't like here is by the time you see them again uh, on – <clears throat> on Wednesday night. This is a group that is going to be a little bit better prepared for the Penguins. Andre Vasilevsky, assuming he's in there, might be better than he was whenever they played him. He got chased the other night against Dallas where he was um, touched for a number of goals. They lost that game 8-1. to one. I, I don't remember if he let up all eight, but he got hooked after the second period. Well, he comes back with a shutout against the Dallas Stars just last night, beating them 4 to nothing. I think he's going to maybe be rounding into form. And uh, one of our interns pointed out last night that Braden Point's been held without a point here in three straight games. He always seems to get on the board against the Penguins. And, of course, Kucherov sitting right next to Sidney Crosby now uh, in terms of making a run at the the top spot in goal scoring in the league where you have Brock Besser leading the way, I believe, still with um, 17 goals. You have Kucherov with 16, Sid there with 15. So those guys are going to want to be going neck and neck. And it's usually Cooch, Braden Point and company getting the goals that they need to support their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. So hopefully Penguins can get off to a good start uh, better than they did in the last game because I don't know that you're going to overcome an ugly first period the way that they did just a couple games back. 
and then Mets, it's Florida for Patrick Hornquist night against the Panthers down there. And following <laughs> that, it's a game in Pittsburgh against Logan Cooley and the Arizona Coyotes, who, by the way, and this is a weird little quirk in the schedule. I know where you're going. <laughs> Arizona had to play six straight games against the last five Stanley Cup champions, and then they won five in a row against them. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> they suddenly look like a team, don't they? Uh, 13-9-2 now. They're getting some goal scoring. Cooley just up to three, I believe. But beyond that, as a group, Zucker and Bukestead scored in the game last night, Tim. So you got former Penguins. You got a Pittsburgh kid. You know that the contingent's going to be loud and, and raucous when they come to Pittsburgh because they're going to want to see him play here. And I, I just, I, I'm not looking forward to it for the Penguins' sake. Because when you look at where they are and how things have been going, that is a game that is ripe to go the Coyotes' direction. And it wouldn't shock me one bit if the Penguins find a way to lose one of the next two at least, maybe even both of the next two, which set them up for some real heartbreak on home ice before having to go to Canada to play a couple more Nemesis teams in Montreal and Toronto. Well, that's the thing. It's like you talked about it. They need to rattle off a win streak, but you're looking and you're saying, where is it? Yeah, it's not there. It's not bubbling to the surface. Um, there's a couple teams later in the month that you might be able to to make some headway against. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to fare well against Carolina. Maybe Minnesota could be away because they just had to fire their coach recently. And boy, that was a heartbreaking story too. You hear Dean Evison say that Bill Guerin approached him and he said, you're going to fire me, aren't you, buddy? Or he goes, I'm fired, buddy, aren't I? Or something like that. And Bill goes, yes. And then he said they were both like tearing up. Uh, that's an ugly spot to be in for Minnesota. So that might be a game the Penguins can take. But Carolina is always tough. Ottawa and the Islanders back-to-back -back on the road late in the month around the uh, bookmarking uh, or uh, bookending Christmas might be a couple they can start to do something with. But as you just mentioned, Tim, there's really not a path to ripping off 10 wins or something, especially with this team playing the way they are and not getting any power play production. Finally, Mets, we're seeing that the salary cap is going to go up, what, $4 million or so, up to 87.7? Yeah, and um, I don't know. I, I, I still don't know if that's going to be a locked-in number. I know they, they kind of speculated that it will be, but it's not enough yet. I mean, they I think a lot of these teams over the last however many years built their teams thinking that we're going to be closing in on a $90 million cap, $92 million within a handful of years, and the pandemic gave them a good – excuse in terms of keeping it down. I know those first two few years, I could completely understand not wanting to raise it. They needed things to level off a bit, but you can't tell me with the TV deals that they have and everything that they still can't get that cap up a little bit higher. And that alone is going to kind of hamstring the Penguins uh, and a number of other teams. Even that extra $4 million isn't going to go all that far when you have guys on your payroll like Carlson, maybe not living up to the hype to this point in the season. Ricard Raquel, Definitely not living up to his hype. So um, maybe you find a way to move Raquel to get yourself upwards of $10 million in cap space moving into next year. Great job, Mets. Thanks. We'll do it again next week, and we'll listen to you on the X throughout these uh, next couple games in Florida and then the big one against the Stanley Cup-slaying Arizona Coyotes. And wouldn't it be, you know, just the way things go for them to slay the one that was just essentially ahead of the five that they just beat? <laughs> Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. 
This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.